0: If you love what you hear, please subscribe, leave a stellar review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Hello and welcome to episode 49 of the Maker Mom podcast. 49. We are so close to episode 52 for a one-year anniversary and uh that episode's going to be super awesome it's going to be kind of a a mashup or i guess a highlight reel of some of uh everyone's favorite guests over the last year and you still have time to uh send me a message on who your favorite maker mom guest has been or favorites because i'm sure it's too hard to pick just one i know that's how i feel for sure Anyways, uh, today's guest is Amy Duclos of Bison Valley Carving. She is a spoon carver, um, who I happen to have one of her uh, infamous sauce spoons, which you'll hear about in the episode. But also, Amy just happens to have joined as a patron this week also. So thank you, Amy, for both being uh, this week's interview guest, and for uh, contributing on Patreon for uh, helping to keep this podcast going. Uh, new patrons are always welcomed, and it's always super exciting, and if you want to become a patron, you're like, what's this whole patron thing, you can check out Patreon, Patreon, dot com forward slash Maker Mom podcast, join the tribe over there, um, there's all kinds of different tier levels starting at just $1 a month, so $12 a year, not bad. And you get all kinds of goodies, uh, including, you know, first crack, ad content, um, additional content, things like online monthly maker mom podcast meetups, and you can get stickers and shirts and all kinds of goodies. So if you want to go check that out, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash make mom podcast. Um, so yeah, thank you, Amy, again for becoming a patron. And thank you also for this week's interview. All right. With no further ado, here is Amy with Bison Valley Carving. If All right. want to start with uh, uh, introducing yourself, who you are, what you like to do, anything about your
1: family. Okay. Um, So, I'm Amy, and I own Bison Valley Carving. I design and carve um, wooden kitchen sets, Um, and I invented the soft spoon, that's my baby. Um, But I have what I affectionately call my four bad kids, which are actually four really good kids, but, you know, hashtag mom life, right? I love cooking. I love feeding. I'm a feeder. Like the best compliment that I can get ever is that my food was delicious and someone can't stop themselves from eating it. That's like, (laughs) that's um, where I feel loved. Um, And so, yeah, I just do the mom thing and carve spoons. Sounds like an awesome life. (laughs) It's not too bad. It's not too shabby.
0: (laughs) Um, What are the age ranges of your kiddos?
1: So, um, yeah, I've got three teenagers and a five-year-old. So my oldest um, just got enrolled in his first college class and my youngest just started kindergarten. (laughs) Um,
0: Well, If this helps any, I graduated from college when my twin sisters were starting kindergarten.
1: That sounds just like um, my oldest sister. Oh, yeah. My parents had nine kids. The oldest went off to college, and then my mom had identical twin girls. Yeah, it's that whole
0: older mom thing and the multiples. They seem to pop up.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: All right, well, let's go back a little ways to your childhood. What was your childhood like? What kind of things were you interested in? Um, you know, what kind of uh,
1: family life did you have? All that good stuff. Okay, so um, I grew up the middle of nine kids. I've got five sisters and three brothers. And... um My dad owned a carpet cleaning business in the small town that we grew up in. Um, So our school years were spent at the school year was spent at school. And then in the summers, we worked on the carpet cleaning company, helping my dad get through like the crazy summer crunch time, you know, and um, my mom stayed home and kind of ran the business side. She did like all the booking and the scheduling and all of that. So um, I I feel like I got, you know, a lot of my work ethic from having to work, you know, for my dad, with my dad, whatever you want to call it um, during the summers and um, learned a lot from my mom watching her, you know, kind of juggle however many kids were home at the time, plus the business side of my dad's business. Um, and gosh, what did I like to do as a kid? I, I spent a lot of time outdoors. Um, we always had a garden, so we always had garden duty on the weekends and stuff like that. Um, but even, even young, I really enjoyed making things with my hands. I made um, jewelry when I was a teenager and things like that. I would try to make things for myself. Okay. Um, so, I mean, one of nine,
0: that's a lot of brothers and sisters to have. And it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, have any of your um, other siblings gone into any kind of making at all?
1: Um, my other siblings are not makers. Um, you know, I've got a sister that majored in opera. I have two sisters that are nurses, a brother that's a doctor, a brother that's a lawyer. Um, <clears throat> I have um, two sisters that are like the kind that can go into any situation, like problem solve and organize, like they're like take charge personalities, but um, don't have any other makers in the family.
0: Okay, um, so, so you said you made um, jewelry as a teenager. How long have you been uh,
1: making or carving spoons um I've really been carving spoons for about two years um so it hasn't it hasn't been that long, but once I decided that I was capable of doing it, I just dove straight in like I knew once I got to my third spoon, I was like, "Oh yeah." I got this. This is this is where I'm going. So, it didn't take me long to to figure out that it was going to work for me, whatever it meant, you know, whatever work meant.
0: Mhm. All right. Well, what got you started with spoons 2 years ago?
1: Um, well, we were we had bought land and they were clearing land to for us to build a house and you know, growing up the middle of nine kids, the name of the game was don't waste, right? And so all these trees, like they were giving my trees away. <laughs> and they were burying trees. And I was like, what, like, that seems so wasteful. What could be done with those trees? What could I do with those that would, you know, be something that we didn't have? And, you know, I kind of, started out thinking well I can make cutting boards I've seen these gorgeous cutting boards online and you know if you don't have a sawmill (laughs) good luck right Um, so a girl that I went to high school with her husband was carving spoons and she had posted some of his on her Instagram and I was like I bet I could do that I bet I could figure that out so I got on Amazon and I ordered a hook knife and a Floyd knife and I went to Lowe's and got a piece of poplar and that's kind of where it all started okay um, so I
0: mean did you basically just like go for it just dive in and try seeing if you could carve it or did you like look up videos or how I mean how did you get from okay I bought my knife and my wood to make making-
1: right I definitely did watch some videos on YouTube. Um, but you know, with spoon carving, what you'll find is everybody has their own way to do it. You know, like I saw folks, um, carving spoons with a box cutter, you know, like everybody's really going to find their own technique or learn to use what they have on hand or what's going to work best for their budget. Um, I didn't own a bandsaw and I, you know, we had an old dull hatchet and kind of, I just kind of hacked out a general shape that I traced from a spoon from my drawer. And, um, that first spoon I took to my girlfriend's house and she saw it and she just died laughing. <laughs> and she was right too. It was, um, it was pitiful, but, I still loved it. Now, the the handle was so thin that it broke pretty quickly with a toddler beating on stuff with it. But um, <clears throat> I definitely watched some videos, but I also was like, it's like a stick in a hole, right? You know, I mean, I'll figure it out eventually. It's not that comp. It's just a dumb spoon, right? <laughs> true, true. Um,
0: all right, so... I guess first question is, were there any, like, spoon makers in general that, like, you really liked their style and kind of, like, maybe leaned towards, you know, following after how they did it?
1: Um, you know, a lot of the people that I was following were carving eater spoons um, and because I've got four kids and I cook so much and I love to cook so much, I knew that carving eating spoons was not for me and it's a completely different style. So, um, while there were a lot of people that I followed, I was really looking to do something completely different and it's not that easy to be original when it comes to carving spoons. You know, I mean, it's, it's kind of all been done. Um, but when i started bison valley nobody was really offering sets you know nobody was offering like the big picture of what you would use in the kitchen and so i really wanted to design something that was super unique that would be just my style and when somebody sees it they would say that's a bison valley spoon you know um so even though i was following a lot of people it was really like more Greenwood worker, carvers, working carvers, and I watched some of, a lot of live videos and watched their techniques in how they you know held the knife and moves that they made with the knives. Um, but in the end, I knew that I was going to be doing something totally different.
0: So that kind of leads into the other question I had was: Are you doing greenwood carving, or are you? Carving dried wood.
1: Um, Probably somewhere a little bit in the middle. Um, I go to this really great sawmill that's about an hour from here. It's on the Natchez Trace, Um, and um, the sawmill there will slice my slabs up. You know, like so, my slabs I slice at five eighths inch. That's the perfect thickness for my spoon, Um, and. So then they stay in my garage for, you know, until I get to them. So really, they're not dry, but they're also not green. We're kind of somewhere in the middle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Um,
0: so how did you get to your, your sauce spoon, like what was
1: the path to getting that design down? Um, well, you know, I mean, if you, if you've ever made, you know, any kind of like Alfredo or any kind of sauce where you have to keep the bottom of the pan scraped really good, you know, what a pain that can be. Um, and so I wanted something that, would catch the bottom of the spoon, but also the way that it sits, it also catches the side of the pan, you know? Um, So I don't know. It was just one of those things where when I was working on coming up with my set, when I knew I wanted to offer like four to five pieces that all went together, you know, I had had my typical round spoon. I added in a roux spoon, which is a very Louisiana thing, you know, Um, and it just came, I I really can't even remember, you know, it's a lot of fuzziness thinking back, you know, what happened was about a year ago, I guess, almost a little over a year ago. I just knew that as someone who cooks a lot, I knew that that was something that would be useful. Okay. Um, so when you,
0: you know, you saw the trees, didn't want to waste the trees, you're moving down this path of uh making spoons. Did you intend to turn it
1: into a business when you first started? When I first started, no. Um by the time I was designing my set, I knew that it was going to be a business like and I kind of hid like I kind of kept everything under wraps I didn't like share what I was doing I did sneak a sauce spoon in to my feed like a couple of months before I launched my official business um but you know I I've been a stay-at-home mom for 18 years um when we decided to have our second child I knew that it meant that I was going to have to pull out of school not finish my degree and be home with the kids. That was what I wanted. Um And so all of these years I've wondered, you know, what am I going to do when I'm 40 with half of a French degree <laughs> and no work experience and all my kids are in school? Like, am I going to even like try to go back to school? Do I, you know, I, but for sure starting a business never crossed my mind and carving spoons, you know, five years ago was not anywhere in my brain. Um, So that first spoon, that second spoon, that third spoon, no, a business was not, you know, in my thought process. A little bit after that, once I thought, you know, if I could design something that was different, if I could design something that wasn't already being done, then if I could just sell enough to, I don't know. So like my my first goal was to make a car payment. Um, And so that's kind of where it started. I was like, if I can sell enough to make a car payment, then I'll do this. And that's still where I'm at pretty much. (laughs) But that was my first goal. I I didn't, you know, I had someone send me a message one time and say, do you make a living selling spoons? And I'm like, man, wouldn't that be nice? I don't know what, I don't know that my hands can handle that, but even, you know, after being home for 18 years, even being 41 and owning my first car and paying for my first car is like the coolest feeling ever.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I can totally understand that. Um, so once you decided, okay, you know, let's see if we can take a go at making this a business, like how'd that happen? How'd you come up with the name? How did you, you know, work your way into starting to
1: sell? Okay. So the name is like really just because, um, sarcasm is my family's love language like we're smart alex we joke each other and when we, my husband and i were looking for land to build um a house we were driving through the country and everybody had like these super fancy names for their little ranches or their little plots you know like fallen oak or you know windy pines or whatever and so i was like well we got to come up with something that just makes no sense and there are no bison in Mississippi, and it's not a valley, so it was really just us um, being smart, Alex. And so that was what we started calling our our few little acres in the country. And then once I decided that I was really going to do it, that was the name. That it, I mean, it just it was right. It just happened. So
0: <clears throat> okay. Um, so how did you make that first
1: sale? Um, I actually kind of started selling before I really launched a business. Like I had had some, um, that I sold that I just kind of posted on Instagram just to see if there would be any interest in them. Um, and so I sold out of them pretty quickly and um, I made some earrings that sold out pretty quickly. And so I thought, well, if this is going to work, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it legit. So, you know, we got the website, we registered, we got the LLC and did all of that. And then I kind of just held back on trying to sell anything until I had that first set designed. And I just launched it all, you know, my spoon designs and started everything on the same day.
0: Okay. So, I mean, is that like, is that primarily how you do your business still is like online or do you also participate in like local,
1: you know, arts and craft fairs or. I I would love to do, you know, the arts and crafts fairs, but. I can't build up enough stock. I like my shop hours are pretty erratic. And so I kind of am just doing custom orders and putting a few things on Etsy, which my Etsy looks sad right now because I just pretty much sold out of everything within the last week. But you know, the I can't make them fast enough to be able to do any, any, craft fairs or anything like that. I wish I had the time.
0: Yeah that that is a difficulty with like any kind of show environment. you have to build up that inventory in advance and it does take a lot of time to do that um, right right Okay so before you got into um, the spoons, had you had any previous experience with any kind of like woodworking tools?
1: Um Not like personally, my husband and I um renovated the house that I grew up in kind of top to bottom. And we, you know, did most of it ourselves. So I was around, you know, um, a lot of construction, sheetrock, like we did our own kitchen cabinets. I held them on my shoulder while he screwed them into the wall. Um, so I I grew to see that, you know, you could do make something out of nothing. Um, but like my nobody in my family's been in woodworking that I've ever heard of. So it wasn't something that was very familiar to me. But I'm also, like, kind of not afraid of many things. I'm not afraid to, like, try something and mess up, and if it's not my thing, I'll move on. So it didn't take that much of a leap.
0: Okay. What do you think it is um, specifically about carving spoons that, like, you enjoy? Like, that's, you know, something that you feel you can continue doing?
1: Um. I love hard work. I really love to get out and do something very physical and then have a very visual result. Um, I love sweating. I love things that make me make my heart race and push me. And, you know, while it's just a spoon, um, When you're using a hammer and a gouge to do the bowl, it can be physical or, you know, hauling wood from one place to another. And also it's a thousand degrees in Mississippi, so it's not that hard to work up a sweat. But um, and of course, the creative side, getting to make something beautiful and then stand in my kitchen and be like, oh, heck, yeah, I made this spoon right here. (laughs) I love that. That's awesome. Um
0: do you foresee uh growing the carving you're doing like into small bowls or anything like
1: that? Um you know I'm just such a practical gal like you can only use so many wooden bowls and while I would love to learn to turn a bowl um you know, I, I'm i the kind of person that I'm only going to spend money on something I'm going to use. And so, I don't know. I mean, you use spoons every day, right? Especially if you cook a lot. And so, I love doing other things for myself. I've carved myself a lot of bowls um, and I've given a lot away as gifts. But in the end, you know, spoons are what's in my heart. Okay, um, what
0: does your workspace look like?
1: Um a total wreck <laughs> <laughs> a total wreck constantly. Um, well, so it was my husband's shop when we moved in, and that's what we called it Daddy's shop. Um, but. Uh, I have a, a giant rollout table um, that um, we built just for me and a lot of my things are on there. And it's just like a single car garage that, you know, no AC, no heat. And uh, I've got a big fan and usually I just pull my table out and just dive in. Okay. What, uh, type of knives do
0: you like to use for your carving?
1: Um, well, it, it takes a few different knives really to do a spoon. Um, so you start with a hammer and a gouge to do the bowl. Um, and then, um, I, uh, of course I do my spoon blanks on the bandsaw. I don't, um, chop everything out with an axe anymore once i once i had enough money for a bandsaw i was like yep that's it that's the way to go so um so i do my hammer and gouge and then um the the bowl i use what's called a hook knife um which is that curved knife to do like the finishing cuts that make it really smooth and get it ready to sand and then just a straight carving knife for everything else All
0: right. Yeah, someone who, like, has one of your spoons, I can attest they're, like, super, super smooth, Um, (laughs) which is good. And just so you know, we still have not used the spoon because it's too pretty.
1: What? I know. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Um, What would you say to someone if they're like, we put the table in the garage because we were afraid the kids were... (laughs) We're going to mess it up. You just broke my heart. Oh, I'm sorry, but it's too pretty. (laughs) You cannot hurt it. And let me tell you this. You cannot hurt it. And if you do, I'll replace it for you. Please use your spoon. (laughs) I'll send you a brand new one. Or maybe you want me to send you an ugly one and then you can use that and see. There you go. Yeah, we'll we'll
0: take the ugly one and so we
1: can use that. I'll send you an ugly one. Put that on my list. (laughs) (laughs)
0: um what are some of the wood species that you really like to work with
1: um well of course everybody loves black walnut it is probably my most requested um and probably after that it's maple um but I personally love pecan um probably just because like in my neighborhood when I was growing up there were like so there 's the story that everybody in the neighborhood got together and planted a bunch of pecan trees so that they would all you know pollinate each other and so there's like two giant pecan trees in my backyard. all the neighbors around me have giant pecan trees, and when I was little, I would get outside early in the morning with my little bucket and I would pick pick up pecans and So, my first real spoon project was carving um nine spoons to represent the nine siblings <clears throat> in my family um, and i carved them from a piece of the pecan tree that was in my parents yard so that's kind of where that was my first big project where i gave anybody something that i made um, so I, I won't lie pecan is hard um, but I think it's beautiful. It's my favorite to carve, um, but I've, you know, I've worked with um, some exotic species, um, and the one I won't ever carve again is babinga. though. That, <laughs> that's like carving rock, um, but yeah, mostly black walnut, maple, and pecan, I would say.
0: Okay, what a type of maple, like hard maple, soft maple?
1: More soft maples. Um, the sawmill here um, close to me, um, usually whatever he's got, but not super hard for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, um, I have some pecan that somebody gave me. Um, probably gonna end up becoming a, a bowl at some point in time, but um, it's kind of just been sitting there because that's what everyone has told me is that it's super hard to carve um and even though I do power carving versus by hand um if it's super hard like I have a piece of hard maple right now that I'm barely even making a dent with some of my like super aggressive power carving tools so I don't want to wear down some of those tools that are you know a little bit pricier because they're supposed to be um extra tough but We'll see.
1: see Right. That pecan. It's a job. No lie, it's a job.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, so you have four kids. Um, You've now had, you know, your your spoon carving business, Um, and and being a wife. Like, how are you managing all of that? Kind of in the day to day you know, schlep of hauling kids around (laughs) and all of that good stuff?
1: Usually very poorly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's kind of just slapped together and and, um, held together with duct tape most days. You know, um, my husband sends me a text message usually when he leaves the office to head home like between 5.30 and 6 every day. And some days I'm just like, Um, the house is a wreck and there's no supper, but come on, (laughs) you know, like if, if I'm in the shop all day, um, everything else just kind of has to sit still. Now I do have days where if I'm not in the shop, you know, I'll have a delicious dinner and the house will be straight and, and inside life will be in order, but I'm not very good at balancing. It's kind of one or the other.
0: You know, I don't think you're alone in that regard. I think that's kind of feel that's kind of all of us, right? Just right, giving it the best we can. <laughs> um, have you found any tips or tricks that help at all
1: for being more organized?
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, you know what? I think. You just have to be okay with a little bit of chaos some days, you know, and just on the days where I have it together and like I'm doing awesome at the mom job, then the spoons just have to sit. I can't, I just can't, I I can't multitask. I can't run back and forth. When I do like, it was a few weeks ago I went outside and one of my oven mitts was on my work desk in the shop and I'm like, okay, I need a minute. (laughs) This is too much. Somewhere I like pulled the pot roast out of the oven and walked straight back out the door with the oven that I'm like, Oh, I need a breather. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But if you can just let go and be okay with the chaos, you know, and you know, when, when I tell my kids, Hey, you're on your own, it's cereal, pop tarts, whatever you can scrounge out of the, you know, pantry or the freezer, you know, my family's pretty patient with me. So it's not a huge deal. Mm
0: hmm. That's good. And yeah, to me that's like uh leaving your car keys in the refrigerator or something along that line, you know, where uh your mind is going in about five different places at once.
1: Yep. Yep. Eggs <laughs> in the pantry. I've yep. done it. Milk in the pantry. Yep. I've done it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um so you I mean, you kind of talked or or talked about this already, but what do you feel is like your absolute favorite part about being a spoon carver?
1: Just that I get to do it all on my own time. You know, there there are so many moving parts with you know having four kids, and especially the last little while since uh, my oldest was in that car wreck. You know, we've been through surgeries, and um, we've had some a lot of follow up doctor visits and. I was able to set everything aside and just be a nurse pretty much 24 seven. And the fact that I have that flexibility, you know, when the school calls me and says, Hey, your kid's throwing up, I need you to come get them. You know, if I, you know, had a regular job, which not that anybody would hire somebody with half a French degree, and you know, working experience, but, you know, I do have that freedom to just say, okay. I got to walk away from this and, and focus on what's most important. And that's, that's a huge help.
0: Yeah. I think that's probably the biggest thing I enjoy too. Um, I mean, in addition to making, I also, you know, have uh, consulting work that I do, but that's also part-time and flexible. So I think the flexibility um, since becoming a mom is what I value the most. Yeah. It's huge. It's huge. Uh, What's your favorite part about being a mom?
1: Um, Probably getting to see my kids experience and do new things, you know, like having my oldest start college, having my youngest start kindergarten. They're like in new phases and new chapters of their lives that are very exciting and they're doing things that are completely different. From what I did, you know, like my oldest is fantastic guitar player, self-taught, has an ear for it. I have zero musical talent, you know. So getting to see them live a different life and being like, yeah, that's my kid. I made that thing, you know. <laughs> I, I really love that. I love getting to live vicariously through them a little bit.
0: Yeah. That is, it's awesome seeing their own personalities come out and it's just like, my oldest is really, really getting into art and it's just, and my youngest is, you know, of course she's at that age too, but is determined to be a, a ballerina or dancer of some sort, but it's, it's really fun to watch them like grow into their own interest and hobbies
1: yeah, that's very cool. It's very cool. Um have
0: you or do you feel like you've had any challenges um you know getting started in this field that can seem like a more male dominated field?
1: Um you know I haven't personally had any experiences except like a joke here or two here or there that I didn't really take seriously. Um, I think because I'm the kind of person that I really don't care what anybody thinks about me. Um, I'm pretty comfortable in my skin and you know, if my spoons are, are not your thing or spoon carving is not your thing, whatever your thing is, that's fine. I like, I, I'm not, You know, I don't go to bed at night worrying about what the guy next door to me, you know, how he gets from log to spoon. And he's not going to bed worrying about how I get from log to spoon, you know. So it's, I just kind of have that whatever attitude. And, you know, if someone were to say something to me about how I did it, or, you know, I don't know, I would just assume it was more of a problem with them than with me. Uh, sounds like a personal
0: problem. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, that's that's totally fair. Now, just out of curiosity, maybe you maybe you do or maybe you don't know this type of information, but what would you say makes up your audience the most, like on Instagram? Is it predominantly women or
1: do you have a good mix I- in there? I think I have a pretty good mix. Um, most of my sales are from women. Um, I've only had a couple of orders that came from men. Um, but, you know, a lot of people that follow me will never buy a spoon. They can just appreciate, you know, the craft or they appreciate wooden spoons or rustic is their theme, you know, or whatever. Um but as far as who's following me, I really do think I have a pretty good mix because, you know, spoon carving is predominantly male. Um, I could probably probably have on both hands the number of female spoon carvers that are following me, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I've omitted I've it on the podcast before. I'm kind of like a spoon carver junkie like
1: i don't actually do it
0: but i really am like i'm super fascinated by it and find the you know find carved spoons just like really beautiful i don't know why well
1: i have no idea what you're waiting for because <laughs> with the quality of your other work like you're just silly not to just like make one for you you know true very true i think it's the
0: uh i think it's the the hand tools actually is what intimidates me a bit um because i really would want to do it like all by hand that's what i would right. appreciate about doing that um so i don't know i see turning it maybe into a hobby like you said like just for me something that's not, uh, intended to be sold, but something that I could enjoy doing just to do. Right.
1: Just to get that woodworking fix. Like when you can't get in the shop, you could just sit in the kitchen and just like piddle, you know, it's really great for that. I love bringing stuff in at night and I have this giant, um, king size flat sheet that I lay on my living room floor and sit in the middle of it and just make a huge mess, like, just while I'm watching The Office or, you know, listening to a kid play guitar or Mm -hmm. tell me a million things that happened that day, so. (laughs) Yeah, they're really good at doing that, aren't they? I don't know about. Especially at 10 o'clock at night. (laughs) And I don't know
0: about your house, but in my house, they both like to talk at the same time. And trying to give them, like, the same amount of attention that I'm really listening to
1: them. Right. We come in from school. They go to their rooms. They do their own thing. Then at 10 o'clock, I've got three teenagers in there, like, telling me every story they could think of that they never had the chance to tell me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Good to know that that will continue until, you know. Yep. Um. What are you hoping that your kids uh, learn from kind of watching you take this journey into starting this new craft and then into turning it into a business?
1: Oh man, I don't know. I they, I mean, they're so different from who I am and seeing as how I didn't start this really until I was 40, um, I didn't have a plan. So I guess maybe, being okay with going with the flow or whatever life throws at you that you're not expecting, you know, um, I still think to myself sometimes like you started a business at 40. Why did you do that? And how did you do that? And you know, is that it's, it's very surreal to me sometimes still. And I mean, I don't know if you could even call it a business when I only make enough to make a car, to make a car payment, you know, but Um, it's still, you know, if, if I couldn't make the car payment, I'd still be doing it just because it's so fun. I love it. I really do love it.
0: That's, uh, I think all of that are, are good things for kids to learn. If nothing else, maybe learning to follow your passion. Um, yeah. All right. So what, if you, you know, were... Talking with another mom who had a desire to start, you know, trying something new, new craft, new trying DIY woodworking, uh, but they seemed hesitant to kind of take that leap and get started. What would be some advice you would give them?
1: Um, I w- I would say probably well the way I did it was you know to get my act together first. I got my ducks in a row. You know, I figured out what I wanted to offer, and I really um, looked for something different. I had taken this free business class that was offered that my dad was kind of in charge of, and most of the class was researching, you know, the the field that you want to go into and seeing what you could offer that is not offered, Um, and I spent a lot of time, I spent months coming up with that first set and making sure that it was unique and original. And so um, you kind of got to have a plan and then you just put your shoulder to the wheel, push along, you know, you just, you just dig in and get working. I, yeah, I think that's,
0: I mean, that's really good advice, especially about the research piece. Um, I think that is key and I, like, I dove into making stuff before I really had all that research done, but for me personally, it was, like, the making that helped me refine what my style was going to be. Um, Right. And so now it's, like, pretty, you know, pretty crystal clear to me. Like, I think people can see my stuff and be like, well, that's clearly... Freeman furnishings like that's you know that's nobody else but her Um, right but either way I think whether you're working through it or or doing strictly research before you get started I think that is a key
1: component that you have that you can't skip Um, right well I heard someone say like they read a book and the book said you know if you're gonna start a business find someone that's successful and do what they're doing like almost like you know copy their style and I mean uh, I I don't know that just that wasn't it for me for sure and um and like I said you know it's it's not that easy to be original in this in spoon carving you know spoon's been around (laughs) for a very long time but I think, you know, I have three different styles now. I have lots more in a little notebook that are already designed. And um, I'm just constantly thinking about what shapes aren't there, what what handles aren't represented, what, you know, because we all have such different styles and what we want in our kitchen. You know, so really hope to offer like lots of different styles that could fit any personality or hand size or you know
0: yeah exactly
1: um another thing
0: I've found helpful too as far as like getting inspiration for something new is looking in like things that are adjacent to what I'm doing so like I like to work with resin so I follow a ton of like Uh, liquid pour and resin artists just because like I can get inspiration from what they're doing and go, okay, well, how can I incorporate that style that I'm really loving into the work that I do in a way that's not being
1: utilized? Right. Well, just uh, a couple of months ago, my sister came down for a visit and we went through all of my grandmother's plated silver uh like all her silverware and as I was looking at them I was like that's a really gorgeous spoon or that's a really gorgeous um salad set, salad tong set. And um definitely some of my upcoming designs were inspired by um the kitchen utensils that my grandparents used. So yeah,
0: that's I and mean, that's a really good point too of like I've also found myself like researching and basically kind of doing throwback but maybe not throwback to something that's like readily known you know right but I really love I may I go after the shapes too like what's a shape that I really enjoy seeing um and incorporating that absolutely okay so Amy is there or are there any other um maker moms that you follow along with that you get
1: inspiration from? Um, Gosh, there are a lot, you know, I am really loving following people that do things that are different from what I'm doing. Um, And uh, I don't know if you're familiar, but there's a girl named Tara. She's chestnut and hemlock on Instagram and she does these adorable wooden puzzles and like, that's just like what i'm so fascinated by right now it's you know it's not giving me inspiration for my spoons but it's definitely something that i admire so much and i've got a couple of her puzzles to just sit down and put them together it's i'm really loving following her yeah, that's a that's an
0: excellent one. I follow her as well, and I enjoy uh, seeing her puzzles. And um, she's done some tops and stuff too. That those are really fun yeah. to watch as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, Amy, if people aren't following along with you, where can they find you on all of the uh, interwebs?
1: On all of the interwebs. Okay, so of course I'm Bison Valley Carving on Instagram. I do have a Facebook page, um, but also if you go to bisonvalleycarving.com, it will take you straight to my very pitiful, very empty Etsy page. (laughs) Um, Which, you know, from time to time, I'll, like, crank something out and sneak it up and won't say anything. And then other times, you know, I posted uh, some his and hers sauce spoons a few weeks ago and they were gone in 7 minutes. So <laughs> you just never know what's going to show up or be gone before you ever know it's there, you know.
0: Mhm. Well, awesome. I will include links to all of that in the show notes so people can follow along with you. And awesome. I will do my best to attempt to use the pretty spoon. And um
1: <laughs> <laughs> you better use that spoon. Case. <laughs> I've got you on my list to send you an ugly spoon, and then once you use it and see how much you love it, then you will risk using the pretty spoon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, I suppose. Well, you taking the time to talk with me today, Amy.
1: It was my pleasure. It was great chatting with you, Katie. Mm-hmm. Again, that
0: was Amy with Bison Valley Carving, and if you're not following along with her and you want to follow along with her, uh, the easiest way is to follow along with Maker Mom Podcast on Instagram. That's just at Maker Mom Podcast, and if you click the link in the bio, there's a link right to the show notes, which includes this week's show notes and how to follow along with Amy, as well as all the past episode show notes and how to follow along with all of those fabulous Maker Moms. And also, remember that whole Patreon thing I was talking about at the beginning of the show? Well, you can also hit the link on joining the tribe there and uh, become a member over on Patreon. Get all the goodies and uh, help, you know, join the tribe and keep moving uh, these stories forward and getting these stories of all these wonderful, fabulous Maker Moms out there. So again, that's at Maker Mom Podcast on Instagram. I hope to see you over there. And that also is the perfect place to drop me a line, drop me a note on what your favorite episodes have been so that I can kind of do a little poll and say, okay, who am I going to include in our one year anniversary episode for the highlight reel? All right. Until next week, I will see you later. Thank you for listening to the Maker Mom podcast. You can connect with the Maker Mom community in the Facebook group page, Maker Moms. And remember, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe, leave an awesome review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know.